Hello and welcome to the Imagineer Podcast, your unofficial guide to all things Disney. I'm your host, Matthew Krull, and you're listening to episode 113 of the Imagineer Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to continue where we left off in our two-part discussion of our favorite simple Disney moments. If you missed part one, I definitely encourage you to go back to last week's episode to hear the beginning of our conversation because we share a little bit more about what we mean by a simple Disney moment and, of course, share our first few answers for our favorite simple Disney moments or our Disney pleasures, as we have also been referring to it in this two-part discussion. In today's episode, we're, of course, going to continue that conversation by rounding out our final answers in part two of this two-part episode. Before we jump into the episode, I, of course, want to thank our sponsor, WDW Magazine. You can learn more and subscribe to WDW Magazine, which is the premier magazine focused on Walt Disney World, by clicking on the link in the show notes below or by heading to ImagineerPodcast.com. I not only subscribe to this magazine, by the way, but I am also a contributor, which is why I'm so happy to partner with them. And you can read my articles and a lot of other great content through their digital or print editions, again, by heading to ImagineerPodcast.com and clicking on the link there to get to WDW Magazine. At the end of the episode, I'll come back and tell you a little bit more about how you can connect with the Imagineer podcast on all your favorite social media channels and how you can help to inspire and create the future of this show. So grab some headphones, pull up your favorite armchair, and enjoy this episode of the Imagineer podcast. We're going to switch orders again. We're going to go back to Colin. <laughs> well, oh, maybe no. we'll stick with this for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. Um, or I'll just take four in a row and then, and then go there to you guys. Go. There you go. Just knock uh, out the list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Colin, what do you have next? So I'm trying to figure out which way I want to go with this because there, there could be two very vastly different ones. But I'm going to, I think I'm going to stick with this one for now. Um, and Lisa may not like me for this. But so for me, one of the best things you can do in Walt Disney World is take a trip outside of the parks, wander your way over to the boardwalk and catch a sunset. Um, the whole area of Crescent Lake, and <laughs> there goes another one. <laughs> um, but the whole area in general, Crescent Lake, Yacht and Beach Club, Boardwalk, even Swan and Dolphin, uh, I'll definitely include those as well. Um, sitting there either on a chair or on a swing or having a slice of pizza with your family and the high top tables that are on the edge of the boardwalk, there is a surreal reality there. Um, it's one of those moments and you'll see this repeated in things as we get further up my list, but there's a surreal moment where you can set the world aside for lack of a better word. Um, you don't have to worry about the things that are back home. You don't have to worry about the struggles of your job. You don't have to worry about, um, a family member that may be ill for the moment. And from just in the set in that second, you can enjoy just being there, taking it all in with your family. And for honestly, one of the best sunset spots you'll ever find. I don't know what it is about it. I don't know if it's just the way that the land lays or something, but there is so much color that comes to that sky. And it's one of the best viewing locations for it. Like magic Kingdom's great for a sunset, but finding a good angle for it's really difficult um, where no matter where you're at the boardwalk, it's very similar to Epcot in a way that if you're looking in the right directions, you're going to have a beautiful sunset almost every night, as long as the clouds participate and things like that. But there is a multi-sensory experience there, the sights, the sounds, the people, there's a, there's a movie playing on the village green behind you at the boardwalk or on the sand at the beach club. I mean, there's so many different ways you could go about it. Um, but if you've not experienced that, like many people have not, or think that you can't go, if it's not, if you're not a resort guest, it's, it's, it's well worth a visit. Um, and it's something that so many overlook, but it is an absolutely beautiful site and well worth the hour, hour and a half that you could spend there. Um, you could easily spend much more, but, um, it's all it takes. I have, um, <laughs> spent, spent many, uh, many nights at the boardwalk enjoying the sunsets. Uh, it's, it's definitely a, a place that's <clears throat> it's different. I, it's hard to explain in an odd way. Like 
for the longest time. It, it might not be like any particular resort at, at uh, the Epcot Resort might not be my, um, you know, depending on the day, could or might or might not be my favorite resort. But the resort area itself is my favorite because mm-hmm. it totally is agree. totally locked and hidden away from mm-hmm. anything else. You could walk from Boardwalk to Yacht Club to Beach Club or other way around. Swan and Dolphin, to your point, walk into the International Gateway at Epcot, which is my favorite way to get into Epcot or even the hop best over way, to Hollywood Studios. To the best way. <laughs> now you have the Skyliner there. There's just so many options and you still feel like, for me, that's like the heart and the center of Walt Disney World. And you really, at least for resorts, and you, you don't feel like you're <clears throat> anywhere else. You can totally set the world Absolutely. away. Absolutely. Um, but uh, Lisa, was this on your list? It looked like maybe. <laughs> yeah, no. So um, so like Colin said, I, it it's maybe you can or can't put your finger on why it's the case. But on my list, I had, um, I did have, Sunset on Crescent Lake and Moonrise over World Showcase. And I don't know what it is about those two locations, if it's geographic or emotional. <laughs> All but of there's the just something yeah. about <laughs> there's something about the sun setting over Crescent Lake that cannot be beat. And there's just something about the moon rising over World Showcase that it the I don't know why, but it just looks bigger and better <laughs> rising over World Showcase than um than anywhere else. So yeah, very much, very, very much on my list. I mean, Crescent Lake, you know, could be on the list for so many reasons. Um, but yeah, the, those, those sunsets, those sunsets. Again, it's going to lead me into a, a tangential answer based on what Colin said. So last time it was Lisa that said something. This time it's going to be uh, Colin, you that said something. But before I get to mine, um, Lisa, what do you want to drive to next? Um, so I will, you know, we've, we've done a lot of sort of broad scope ones. I'm going to do some something a little different and go very specific just for nice. a moment. I like it. Um, because I, I don't, I don't want to not address, um, we, we've, I think it's come up in so many different conversations that I've had with both of you. Um, <laughs> but the, the flag it could be any number that, of things, <laughs> but the flag ceremony, um, um, on main street is, um, it, it needs to be on this list. Um, yes. it might not fit into some mm-hmm. massive category of things to appreciate at Disney, um, but if you have never seen the flag ceremony, absolutely. It's, it's scheduled every day at Magic Kingdom um, in the early evening hours. They go through a ceremony where they bring the flag down. And, you know, a lot of you probably know because Matt's great with details and tells, tells us about these things. Um, but it's the only actual flag, it's the only proper flag um, in Magic Kingdom because it's the only flag that they take up and down. So they wouldn't dishonor a proper flag by not lowering it each day. And it is the one proper flag, um, as far as I know, that's that's in Magic Kingdom and they do do a ceremony where they lower it each day. Um, But the really wonderful part of it, um, you know, there's all the fanfare that you would would expect because he was, what was such a patriot. Um, But they do, they choose a veteran to honor each and every day. Um, and it's a very touching ceremony. It's absolutely beautiful to see how they honor the person that they've chosen each day. And then if you're willing to take a few extra minutes out of your day after you watch it, if you sort of follow the migration of those people to back to Center Street, where we started this conversation, um, they do a really, really beautiful ceremony where they actually present the chosen veteran um, with that flag. And it's absolutely, and there's like a certificate and a whole sort of you know, gentle ceremony that goes along with it. Um, if you've never watched it before, absolutely check it out. Um, I'm not going to claim that it's something that I do each and every time that I go to Magic Kingdom, but I always try to catch it when I'm nearby. Um, and it's it's just one of those sort of quiet moments that's not on anybody's itinerary, but it will it really makes the evening special. Pack I'm so tissues. glad you brought this up. Sorry, go ahead, Colin. I said pack your tissues. That's uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm done. That's all I've got. <laughs> Uh, honoring, uh, honestly, that could be, I, I didn't make it on my list, but I'm so glad you brought it up because I feel like honoring guests at Disney and especially veterans is, or active military is something that happens frequently at Disney. If you know the places to go and the places to look and the flag ceremony is really high on my list back in Memorial day, which at this point of the recording this episode be a few months ago, I did talk a little bit to that point, Lisa, about the flag retreat ceremony and the history of patriotism 
with Walt Disney himself and the Disney family and how they continue to honor that tradition today. But there have been moments where, and this has happened many occasions, going into American Adventure and the cast member when you enter into the theater or it could be in the rotunda will ask if there are any active military or veterans present, um, first responders, uh, and they'll ask them to, usually this, this does happen in the theater now, they think about it because they'll ask them to stand for a round of applause. They've seen that in Hall of Presidents as well. Um, and that doesn't extend even just to veterans and to first responders and to active military, but there are so many times where you'll see guests called out for specific things. And that is leading me to think it could be a whole topic in itself, either of a sort of mini episode or even a, a more elaborate uh discussion um i've seen it and done it many times as a cast member as well um and it's such a fun and meaningful experience for everybody like everybody feels good in that moment um that whoever's participating whoever the cast members are who are leading it and the guests around as well but flag retreat is yes i i've i've definitely said it before i don't think maybe formally in a podcast episode other than my main street episodes, but um, it's something that, to Lisa, your point, if any of you listening have not done it, try to be around um, Main Street around that time of day for one reason or another. It usually happens um, around, I think, five-ish. I can't remember the specific time they do it, but um, to try to be around there for that. But it's always a great experience for sure. Um, to go off of Colin's answer from earlier, the boardwalk sunset, I'm actually going to take the flip side approach to this because one of the things that is rather specific that I have on my list is coffee at the boardwalk. Anywhere, I, I mean, I, I tend to be a, a morning bird more than a night owl. Um, you'll see me, I, I don't mind setting an alarm for, you know, 5.36 just to be up early in Disney because there's something about the mornings at Disney that sort of fall into this category now I'm thinking about it out loud is it's really sort of the, the morning hours at Disney. Um, and then you'll frequently see me like, I can push through the end of the day, but I'm, I'm falling asleep at by the time it hits like 10 o'clock. So um, coffee at the boardwalk is, especially if you're staying at, and it's really specific. Uh, one of the times I, I did stay at boardwalk, boardwalk, I remember, we had a room that was so close to the boardwalk itself. And I would basically just walk down a flight of stairs and enter right onto the boardwalk. And then it's in those early morning hours before guests, most guests are up. And I think I like to take advantage of that. I think a lot of people at Disney are night owls, either because they're so used to waking up early for their jobs and their, their day lives that they want to sleep in a little bit, would rather experience the entertainment in the evening. There's not as much going on in the morning. Um, or just because maybe there are more night owls um, than, than early birds uh, who go to Disney. But I love taking advantage of being an early bird at Disney and specifically to grab a cup of coffee from the Boardwalk Bakery, find a table um, overlooking Crescent Lake and enjoy, depending on the time of year, could be the sunrise. It could be just those early morning hours before it gets too hot um, is one of those simple moments that it for me always sort of extends the day um, and starts the day off on a really high note rather than rushing to get up and get ready because we're already late to the park. Um, take advantage of being up a little earlier to experience that is something I love to do. Um, and any day I will try my best to set the alarm as early as I can make it just to have that moment. Um, and specifically, I want to call out coffee on the boardwalk because that was uh absolutely my favorite place to experience that but i am a i am definitely a morning bird when it comes to disney, disney probably trips. cross pass when i'm getting back at like 2 30 and you're getting up <laughs> <laughs> there have been times that i have been up late and i remember uh, mo mostly uh, to be honest back in my college days i was more of a night owl than i am now but i had a magical express at 3 30 because i was foolish enough to get a 6 30 a.m flight home and I ended up staying up all night and finding a bench at Beach Club overlooking the boardwalk and talk about nobody out. <laughs> there was nobody out at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> Not even the night owls are up, up at that it's point. It's a good view, though. <laughs> it's a great view. It, it doesn't happen often. And I, I felt like jet lagged without being jet lagged at that point. Um, 
if you've ever if you've ever uh like taken a red eye flight that's basically how i felt at that point um but it was uh it was still great uh Let's, uh, I feel like we could keep going forever, but let's, um, let's start rounding out with a, a few final ones and maybe go around a few more times, um, perhaps some honorable mentions, but, uh, I'll, I'll stick with this order. Colin, what, uh, what do you have up next? So Lisa's going to laugh because she knows exactly what I'm going to say probably. <laughs> um, but so for me, there's only one place that I go to time and time again, that had to be on the list and it's at the top of my list and look, I can already see it on her face. Um, <laughs> but so for me, one of the best experiences of Walt Disney world that people don't take the time to enjoy is over at the Boulder Ridge villas. Um, it's the main lobby there and the Carrollwood room right next to it. There's so much history in that building and, for a few moments, there's a simplicity in just being there. Um, I know that sounds really strange, but if you walk through those doors, there's a sliding glass doors there and you step into that space and not only do you smell it, you see it, the sounds are a little more prevalent than the main lobby. There's a little different um, smell to the experience. There's a fireplace in the corner and more often than not, you're one of very few people that are in there. Um, and then the, the, the room right next door is Carrollwood room. If anybody knows the story there, I'm sure they do. If they listen to your podcast um, of Walt's history with trains and locomotives is probably the better word, but the miniature train sets that Walt Disney had, and there's, there's a piece of it there. And it, it's just something that unless you know, it's there, you're never going to like, unless you stumble into it, but so many people don't recognize that it's there. And the space in and of itself is just so unique and different and for me, it's one of those places that I can go, press pause, not worry about anything else, and just sit there for a few moments, be it after a park closes or early in the morning, uh, any time, really. And you can just sit there and just be still for a little bit. Don't really have to worry about anything. You might hear a luggage cart roll past, um, but so often it's a way to reset the mind in a very simple way, uh, at least for me. And everybody's a little bit different, but if you've never experience that or you've never been in the space it's definitely one you have to go check out and i've sent many people there over the last five years or so and almost everybody comes back with the same thing they love it they don't know why they love it but it's just simple and enjoyable this is a reason i need to book more <clears throat> dining at wilderness lodge in general because it's i think the resort i visit the least um in the deluxe category at least and I have to say, I don't think I've ever been in this room, but I just, I didn't even know it existed. And so you mentioned it um, only because I haven't spent much time over at Boulder Ridge in particular. If I am at Wilderness Lodge, I'm usually in the main lobby or one of the, you know, um, one of the areas around it, but it sounds like I'll have to take the ferry from Magic Kingdom. Completely honest days. with you. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, there, look, there are plenty of places at Disney yeah, I have not there been. There is for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this big is, place. this is one that I didn't even know existed. Um, but definitely I have, worth a little journey over there, even if it's just for a small amount of time. Yeah, I'm, I'm convinced. Um, so, and I, I love the history of Walt with trains in particular. So, and I was just, as we were talking about it, I looked up photos and it seems exactly like the type of place I would like to just sit back and enjoy for a bit. It's uh, a similar vibe to the solarium at the beach club. Um, maybe even more laid back than that. So I, uh, I'll have to check that out on a future trip. Lisa, did you know that Colin was going to say that? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of his spot. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. She was either going to make fun of me or agree with me, one or the other. <laughs> I think he probably felt safe enough that I wouldn't touch it knowing exactly. he was going to be. She knows better. She knows better. <laughs> there are things that I'll always say on repeat on most of my episodes or find a way to get in there one way or another. So I totally get that. Yeah. yeah that's how I am. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lisa, do you have anything uh, other else that's specific on your list you want to talk about, or do you want to go more general? Where do you want to go to next? Well, since we're going to indulge our inner stereotypes. Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> um, I can't not mention Run Disney, of course. Of course. Um, so I, and, and I, I, you know, nothing about Run Disney seems on its face like it's a simple pleasure. I mean, first of all, you're running. And second of all, it's just this grand, massive event. Like It's not like, oh, simple pleasures of running around <laughs> 30,000 people. Um, that being said, um, I've experienced one other sunrise on property. It was a wonderful experience that I was very honored to be able to join. It was, um, I, was, I was able to do sunrise yoga 
with the cast um, on Main Street um, a couple of years ago, which was one of the most, I was so honored to, to be able to do that. And it's the only other sunrise I've ever experienced um, in that way on property. But that being said, um, if you want to experience sunrise, um, which Matt, you may want to do since you're such an early bird. Yes. Um, on Disney property. Um, I can't, I, I always say like, if you've never done a run Disney event, whether you're a runner or not, just do one to experience Disney from that perspective. Um, first of all, the 5Ks are completely on time. So you can be the least in shape person in the world. You can still walk a 5K, they'll give you four hours. <laughs> um, but you just, you experience the parks from such a unique perspective. Um, and as grand and massive as the event is, you're very, very much in your own head for obvious reasons, um, because you're just out there on the course working very hard and um, kind of caught up in your own personal you know, challenge and why you're doing it. Um, the vistas are things that you're never, ever going to see. Um, you'll, you'll see, you know, sort of sunrise with the torches going over um, World Showcase Lagoon and the tree of life lit up, you know, in the at dawn, um, needless to say, that sort of turn onto Main Street with bazillions of people cheering for you. Um, there are small moments, they, they seem very grand. Um, if you're watching them from above, but as a person who's experiencing run Disney personally, they are small moments because you are so very much in your own head. Um, and you're so very much just experiencing the portion of the course that you're on, um, usually at a time of day that you would never be able to experience the park. Um, and so, you know, if, if Colin was going to mention Wilderness Lodge, um, I will, I will, you know, I will always preach to the rooftops run Disney. I'm <laughs> praying we're getting an announcement soon. I'm hoping with the fireworks and everything else that we're getting that run Disney is going to be on the heels. Um, but, but I do think like simple pleasures, it's, it probably seems like the least simple pleasure <laughs> in the world because of, because of what it is, but the experience of a run Disney event, I, I, I always encourage people, um, whether you have any interest whatsoever in running or not just to get up early one morning and go walk a 5k like you you will be so happy that you did it because it's such an incredible community and it's such a unique way to experience the parks at sunrise um yeah it'll it'll it will forever be my one of my top simple pleasures here i have definitely said to people to do that exact thing to do it at least once and to do the 5k for those exact reasons i as even as an early bird i'll admit it's a little little jarring to set the alarm for 3 a.m. and be on a, a coach bus at four, but it's still worth, I think the adrenaline rush, especially of doing it the first time mm -hmm. had me, I was, I was up, I was, I was good to go. Short little nap on the coach bus ride to Epcot and uh, then standing out in the corrals um, with that. It, it is such a positive vibe. Um, and you're right. There's such, something about seeing the park at that time of day and the way that they have set up the park um, is something you won't ever see any other time. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, it's, it's definitely worth doing. I'll, I'll agree with you there. You. Uh, since I guess I, I've already, I think, gone with some of my guilty pleasures, I guess you could say, um, or my like simple pleasures that I really love. Um, I could go, I'm, I'm going to save, I'm going to save my, my stereotypical one actually for a, an honorable mention because I've said it so many times and I think the listeners are tired of me saying it. So I'm going to switch to something else that's still underappreciated and a simple moment at Disney. And I'm going to categorize this because I think I have it in three places on my list and it's animal viewing. And there's a few, there's many, many places at, at Disney to enjoy animal viewing, one of them that is probably the most underappreciated is the seas. Um, and I think it used to be a bigger deal um, to, to go and see the aquariums at the seas. And I think now most people will do the seas with Nemo and friends, the attraction itself. Um, and then as soon as they exit, the exit is pretty close to that. So you sort of hook a left and you walk through the gift shop and out the door. But if you hook a right and go up the steps and or up the escalator or elevator and, and check out the, the tanks. It's so, so great to sit back and appreciate the animal life. And Walt was a nature lover, an animal lover. It's part of why conservation is so integral to Disney. Um, 
but I feel like that was the the place that was the most underappreciated. The ones that are not as underappreciated and are usually visited enough, I'd say, um, but worth at least if you are going to experiencing them, slowing down and truly appreciating the animal viewing areas are Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail, um, which, I mean, I really can't get enough of watching the gorillas themselves. They're such amazing animals. Um, Maharaja Jungle Trek, there's plenty of locations around the Tree of Life that you can experience. There's an otter exhibit that a lot of people don't know is there. You can see kangaroos around the Tree of Life. The Oasis has animal viewings. There's a ton, obviously, at Animal Kingdom. Um, and the only other one I'll mention, and I know that there's even more than this, is at Animal Kingdom Lodge. If you can, I'll, I'll throw in, if you if you have the means to do a Savannah view at Animal Kingdom Lodge, even if you do a splurge trip or a splurge night and break up your trip, it's really worth doing. There's nothing quite like waking up in the morning, opening up the blinds, stepping out to the balcony and seeing live animals outside your window animals that you would not typically see in Florida. Um, and it never really got old. So I, I'll have to plug that. But even if you don't have the means, if you can make a dining reservation for Animal Kingdom Lodge, if you can book at Sanaa or Boma or Jico and show up early and head either if you're at Kidani outside the lobby or if you're at Jumbo House, you have to walk past the pool and sort of hook a left um, to just stand outside and appreciate the animals there as well. I don't know if they still do it, but at one point they were doing night vision if you went in the evening and it was dark out, which was pretty cool to, to sort of hold these night vision goggles and, and see the animals in the evening and try to spot them. It really made you feel like you were on safari. Um, but any animal viewing, and this is formal animal viewing, there's also informal animal viewing, is something that I, I love doing at Disney. Um, and it could just be the Animal Kingdom cast member in me, but... Uh, I love slowing down and taking the time to see those those trails in Animal Kingdom and any of the view, animal viewing areas at the parks. So that had to be on there. Um, again, I will I will save my my uh, real um, stereotypical answer for for the end. Uh, <laughs> but um, moving along, I'd say let's let's go around two more times and then uh, and then stick to honorable mentions. So any of your any of your last top to um, cue them up. But uh, Colin, what do you have up next? Sort of your, your so runner up. The last one that really involves any explaining. Um, I've got two more after that, but they'll just be quick mentions. Um, so this one's kind of obscure, but I, I think it's important to note because one of the simplest things that we tend to do as Disney fans is meet more disney fans um <laughs> and true. and it is it's it's kind of weird but as people in the space not even if, you, if you're just a guest or if you're somebody who does this and shares it online or whatever we do we are notorious for doing um one of the important things to me is always running into a friend that you haven't seen in a while or hugging somebody you haven't seen in a while or just meeting up and having dinner with somebody you haven't met in a while um I'm notorious of you calling out Lisa to, to meet me at the parks and say, Hey, let's, let's go grab dinner. Let's have some fun. Let's just hang out and talk. I mean, you do miss that when you go back home, especially if you're a non-local. Um, and it's easier for locals because there are, there are so many of you that live close by, but you start to make a lot of friendships. And the more you go, the more you want to see those people when you get back. And I think that's a pivotal part of the Disney experience that we really haven't touched on too much is that connection that you have with other Disney fans. Um, there always is a talking point. There's always some commonality there. If you meet somebody in the parks, you can always strike up a conversation before you know it, you know, their backstory and you know a little bit about them and, three years later, you might be one of their best friends. I mean, you, you don't expect it coming, but it does kind of work out that way in odd ways. And it's easy for us three to understand that. Cause I know like we wouldn't be having this conversation if we weren't, you know, <laughs> That's um, true. but like at the end of the day, I think the guests do it too. People who do solo trips and then they come back with a new friend that they've never met before, before the trip. I mean, there's so much value in that and it's so simple, but you don't always get to other places. I mean, if you're going to a beach, you're probably not going to have that. Uh, you're not going to come back with a new friend, but Disney has a way of fostering that. And I think it was something I almost didn't put on my list because I don't know how simple it is, but it works out. And it's something that's a simplistic joy of the experience and doing what you do and doing what you love and being able to find people that share that commonality. 
you, you both have surprised me in, in a very positive way with a lot of these answers because I expected some overlaps, but these are things I, I didn't even think about. And it has happened to me many times, uh, you know, striking up conversation in a queue for an attraction or just sitting next to somebody at a communal table at uh, uh, <clears throat> one of the counter service locations or um, at a lounge or, you know, with share, uh, it, it happened with us at a, it, you know, the shared, um, shared sort of surfboard table at a, at a Trader Sam's it's, it's, mm-hmm. it had, there's so many places where it just naturally you strike up a conversation with other people and it is often a small world. I, I remember there have been, and I think especially going back to my cast member days, there were three people that I encountered who I had known in my former life and didn't expect to see one was mm-hmm. a teacher from my high school who ended up of all the odds. I mean, it's literally at that time and that particular day it was a 2% chance. Um, if I did the math, it was probably about a 2% chance this would happen. She ended up on my truck, let alone in the first row behind me. Um, there's a very slim chance of that <laughs> happening on Kilimanjaro safaris. Uh, another time I had my driver's ed instructor, um, <laughs> ironically ironic, on Kilimanjaro yeah. safaris. Um, I actually wasn't, he wasn't on my truck though, which is the funny part. He was, uh, <laughs> I was assigning rows and we happened to stop for a delay and he was the person who stopped right in front of me. Right front um, of so we were, we were talking about that. that. Always works out that way. Um, and another person just through, again, striking up conversation haphazardly didn't recognize the person. They lived a block and a half for me. Um, really? Just, totally out of the blue that that was the person who ended up stopping in front of me and we struck up a conversation when I was working there. Um, but it is a very simple thing. You're right. And it, it theoretically could happen anywhere, but it seems like it happens a lot at Disney. It does. It does. So that's a, that's a great one. Lisa, what do you have for a runner up? Um, Con, you got me remembering like <laughs> you up in crisis and bringing you down. Pretty much, pretty much. Hasn't been the first time. Probably won't be the last. <laughs> so speaking of Enchanted Rose. Yes. Um, <laughs> indulge my inner cocktail file. Um, Absolutely. So, I, I mean, I think, I, you know, I, I, I kid, but I mean, I think um, the lounges of Walt Disney World need an entry. Like, how have I not mentioned Absolutely. them Absolutely. And we kind of have touched on some or, you know, kind of graze past them. But, um, and it's not about the cocktails, even though I do love myself a, a snow leopard libation over at Nomad, but it's really <laughs> just about the quiet times with friends that we have at all these lounges. And they're often like at points with beautiful views. Um, they, they just, they kind of stop you in your tracks when you're here. And there are great times with friends. Um, there are great ways to enjoy quieter parts of Disney um, with vistas that you might not otherwise appreciate, but as Colin was talking, I was just like noting like Nomad Lounge, Geyser Point, Three Rivers, Bar Riva, Territory Lounge, Enchanted Rose, Trader Sam's, Brown Derby, Brown Derby, Ogus Cantina, the Bar at Restaurant Asaurus, the Bar at Spice Road Table, La Cava, Abracadabar. I mean, there are so many amazing lounges um, at Disney. Like you just and- got a prize for the most answers crammed <laughs> in one answer. Yeah. <laughs> I literally like was scratching down because I didn't want to leave. I'm sure I left out some obvious ones. Um, of course I did, but. You know, whether your favorite places, you know, (laughs) sitting outside at Enchanted Rose or on the water at Geyser Point or Nomad Lounge or, um, you know, I love like just sometimes if Epcot's stupid crowded, I'll just walk. I I have walked in the front gate of Epcot straight through the park out the back (laughs) gate because it was crowded, hopped on Skyliner and gone to Bar Riva and like just like on, on, on a, on a pin just turned my evening from planning to spend it at Epcot to spending it with friends at Bar Riva. Um, same thing with Abracadabar. Um, La Cava obviously is popular is pick. Um, yeah, there's just, you know, pick your poison, but um, I, I think like they all have their place and the lounges of Disney. It, I mean, I think as a local or someone who comes here often, like all the things that I just listed are common knowledge, but maybe if you haven't come to the parks that often, you might not even know that a lot of these places exist. Um, and I do think that there are some of the most special places to kind of slow down, maybe eat a meal in an unscheduled place, um, just kind of enjoy your surroundings and the people that you're with. And um, yeah, and like every like every single place I just mentioned, I think is an amazing place to spend a few hours, to say the least. 
I agree. Uh, I mean, the lounge is in the name. Um, it's it's very much a place to sit back and enjoy the company of others. If it's a beautiful evening, I'll also throw in there, although it's not technically a lounge. Um, uh, oh my goodness, Villa de Lago at uh, at Coronado Springs. Um, so good. Which, so good. I mean, the if the if the evening air is just right, is such a great place. And there's last time we stayed there, that was just about every evening, um, whether we got a, a cocktail or not, um, was uh, a place to just sit back and relax. Honestly, I could grab a tea there and it's it's just an enjoyable, as long as it's not too hot outside and it's just an enjoyable place to, uh, to sit if back. If only they'd bring back the shrimp yeah. fritters. You got me embarrassed because I'm realizing also I left Dahlia off my original list. You did. <laughs> you did. I wasn't going to say anything. I was going to let it go. But. Yeah, no, like... Um, <laughs> And like the outdoor area, Topolino. Topolino is my current. Yes. Of, the, of the open restaurants, Topolino is currently my favorite. And the outdoor space there, they even they they actually have a um, attended bar when things are busy certain evenings. Um, but you can always just get a drink at the bar inside and, and take it outside. And um, some of the views there as well are absolutely stunning. And just about all the signature restaurants have a bar of some kind that could be considered a lounge in one way or another. You can dine at California Grill and dine at the, you know, the bar that's up there, not necessarily at the, mm-hmm. on a formal table, Yep, which is great for solo trips too, but we're totally, we're bridging, we're bridging <laughs> multiple topics here. Um, but that's, uh, lounges at Disney. You're right. I mean, I had Nomad Lounge on my list as my, my top one, but uh, all the ones that you mentioned are, I mean, hard to beat, um, and worth, worth visiting if you haven't been to them before. Uh, so I'll, I'll agree with you there. Uh, my runner up, I'll go with my stereotypical answer. Um, so it's a, uh, you know, it might not even be a simple moment, but it's the simplest moments. Um, and I've, I've mentioned it too many times before. And it's specifically on Flight of Passage. Um, and it's the cave scene. I, I think uh, that's, that's, since you all gave your stereotypical answers, this is my stereotypical answer. Uh, there's something about the simplicity of a break and a thrill ride that you can't get anywhere else. And if that experience could be amplified into something else it not on an attraction it's it's great that it's on an attraction and i i love that but i almost wish that were a viewing area like a really interactive viewing area at pandora or the setting for a restaurant you can go or a lounge you could go multiple ways with it but the smell there as lisa knows is my favorite smell at disney and thank you again lisa for that for that candle um (laughs) the fact that the the the, um the sights in that that part of the attraction are just so so gorgeous and i mean where else do you get to be on and it it doesn't happen a lot in an attraction but i mean where else do you get to feel like you are sitting on the back of a a living breathing animal in this case a a fictitious one at that a banshee an ekron um looking out into a totally fantastic um world that was created out of a movie and um all the sensations you get in that moment it's it goes fast i mean it's it's 30 seconds or less but uh, at the whole moment i like to try to expand to as to last as long as possible in my mind um just because it's probably my favorite part of the experience Whereas the thrill junkies, it's their least favorite part of the experience. But for me, it's 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 my my favorite part of the experience. So um, I didn't want to make that my final one, but I'll put it as a runner up as a stereotypical answer for me for uh, a simple moment at uh, at Disney that you have to wait for. <laughs> it's interesting too, right? Because it's some it reminds when you were talking, it reminded me of like how I was talking about Run Disney because yes. a lot of these experiences, like from ten thousand feet, seem like these sort of grand, massive things that are in no way, shape, or form. <laughs> simple, simple pleasures, but the way that we experience them is so much, so like very much in our own head. Um, that like, if you really just kind of stop your schedule and allow yourself to be in the moment, um, whether you're riding on the back of a Banshee or running a marathon, you know, through the five parks, four parks into SPN, um, you know, it's the way you choose to experience these moments can be such simple pleasures. Um, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Um, yeah, run Disney is not one that I would have put either. So that's <laughs> right. Exactly. But, but it is, uh, there, there are all these moments are these moments that we can, um, extrapolate from even those, <laughs> you know, um, again, so at least at your point, like what would otherwise seem to be like, not a simple pleasure or a sort of an intense experience. Um, 
and uh, and it can be a very simple pleasure. But let's round out with one more each, and then we'll maybe just through like a rapid fire uh, honorable mentions or anything anything else that didn't come up. But uh, Colin, I, I've traditionally started with you, so I won't switch it up this time. We'll stick with you for this one. What's one more that you want to make sure you definitely mention from your list? So I could go either way with this because both of these could be quick if I wanted them to be. Um, but one in particular is actually a Swiss family treehouse. And I talked to a few people so, earlier today and um, people were talking about this. And it's just like, it was a couple of different people mentioned it to me that I was just pitching the idea to, to see what they'd come up with to kind of fill out my list just a little bit better and round it out with what other people might think of as simple moments. And I, I have to agree with this one because a lot of people walk right past it. But if you go in the morning or you go in the late evening, the views are spectacular from the top of there. And there is a simple joy. I know we've said that a million times in this show, but there is this unprecedented value in taking the time to not only walk up there, but to sit there and enjoy the view for a few minutes. You know, a lot of people tend to kind of fly through there, come back down like, oh, that wasn't that much. But like if you take the time to take in the details. And really that view of the castle that you're not going to get from any, any other perspective in Walt Disney World or Disneyland for that matter. Tarzan's treehouse comes close, but it's just different. Um, and I believe that's what it's called. Somebody will correct yes. me if I'm wrong. I'm not you're a huge correct. Dis- yeah. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the simplicity of it is kind of unmatched as far as something that would be technically considered an attraction. Um, that you can enjoy at your own pace. You can take in the details. You can just kind of walk through it. Um, and I think that what we're going to see at Epcot is going to be very similar, um, especially with the Moana attraction. Um, attraction, walk through garden, however you want to explain that one. Um, but I hope it'll be a similar experience because that is kind of a pivotal thing. It's something that uh, it doesn't take long, but it can create lasting memories. Uh, I, first of all, I agree. I'm so glad you brought up the treehouse. Another one I did not have on my list and so many people pass and it's not a simple, uh, traction in the sense that it was rather complex to put together, right. but yeah. it is a simple experience. Simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it is amazing. Like, I think if you, if you surveyed, especially first time visitors and asked if they saw the treehouse at magic kingdom, they wouldn't even know what land yeah. to go to. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it was like, an, was that in Tomorrowland? Was that in Frontierland? Um, so that's that in itself is great. And yeah, it's it's difficult to. There are a couple of spots that I know you can sort of stop and enjoy it, especially at the high high points of the uh, attraction. There's a, a way that you can sort of stop there and, and look. Uh, right. There are a lot of places it's where you have wide to keep moving. In certain spots, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> certain spots you have to keep moving uh, so as to not hold people up. But I I, I agree with you there, and I am also. I'm anticipating I will be spending plenty of time in the Moana um, attraction because I will just like Mission Space. I'm unable to ride that. I already know I will very unlikely be able to do Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Um, So I'm sure I will be looking for the other experiences to enjoy. Um, After walking through the queue for the first time, um, I'll probably uh, have to look to the Moana exhibit and the... uh, play exhibit coming to or the play pavilion coming to uh to epcot as well lots to look forward to there absolutely lisa what do you want to make sure you mention as a, a final answer for you hmm. it's gonna be like a like a rapid fire at the end <laughs> well we'll, um, we'll make sure more we'll make sure to do honorable <laughs> mentions too anything yeah, just, i've that. got a few quickies uh, <laughs> i've got a few quickies so go i'm just it. gonna go super simple and stereotypical and i'll fire out the others in the end and just talk about like the sweet little snacks Yes, snacks. We haven't really talked too much about food. Yeah, we haven't talked much about food. Which is really surprising. Yeah. Yeah, so I had to fix that in honor of some of our friends. Um, (laughs) Yes, I Um, I agree. They're actually on my list. I've just been holding off on them. Yeah, me too. Like, that was the very first thing I wrote down, I think, when I went to make the list. Um, And there's, like, you know, all these, like, you know, sort of more grand things that we can mention and sound clever and stuff. But, like, sometimes you just need a Mickey pretzel, right? Like. And I think like it's even more important to mention these days because there's so much like Instagram food out there like, oh, look, here's the new stitch cone and here's this crazy donut that looks like it's bigger than a donut should be. And, <laughs> and some are good latest, and some are not. Like, here's the latest <laughs> cupcake and here's a hamburger that's black for Halloween. Like 
that's all great. Like it's cool and it makes for a cute picture and whatever, but like sometimes like pick your poison again, but like maybe you love Mickey waffles or Mickey pretzels with fake cheese or, you know, a Schofferhofer grapefruit beer or, um, you know, there's so many, or, or just like popcorn on Mean Street, right? Like there are so many foods that don't have any right tasting as good as they do just because you're eating them in the place that you're eating them. Um, you know, Mickey waffles, don't shoot me, but it's just like a waffle. It, <laughs> it's it a is, waffle. right, it is. It's a waffle, it's a tasty waffle, but it's just a waffle with maple syrup. <laughs> but like, it tastes so much better because of where you are and what it's shaped like. Um, you know, and like that, that fake cheese that we get like at the run Disney races. And oh my goodness. Yes. Like, <laughs> the plastic cheese. The plastic cheese, like, um, you know, or just like grabbing a popcorn from a cart on Main Street and like sitting there and people watching for a while. Um, or like, you know, if there's a particular, like a, a, an ale that you love at the UK pavilion or that wonderful grapefruit beer in Germany, that's all over the place now. Uh, there are so many like iconic little snacks that kind of get lost in the shuffle because we're so into, especially like as people who are in this space, like running out to photograph the most recent, like gorgeous thing that they've come up with. And while those things are all great, um, there's just something about like a bucket of popcorn on Main Street or a Mickey pretzel or a Mickey waffle um, that deserves its place on this list. Yeah, I um, that that goes into a few that were... <laughs> on my list. I had Mickey waffles on my list actually, um, as a snack that I enjoy. Um, and it can be a full breakfast if you get the big ones. Um, but, uh, <laughs> it's yeah, like that, that to me, it, it you're right. It, it just, it, since I've been going to Disney, that's been, I, I have to get a Mickey waffle at least once when I go to Disney. Um, when I was younger, this it was literally something I could have gotten at home. It was the Nestle Toll House chocolate chip cookies, the giant ones you would get good, in the sort though. of bakery section of the of the, any of the counter service uh, at the resorts. But I had to get it almost every night, and I could have gotten it at home, <laughs> and I could have chosen anything else. And I, you know, still to this day, I will debate if I'm heading over again to Boardwalk and going to the Boardwalk Bakery, am I going to get one of those fancy Instagram photo worthy desserts there no i'm just gonna get a chocolate chip cookie like it's it's such a basic thing um but it tastes so much better at disney and i think for me in particular it's tied to a lot of early memories before they had instagram and before they had all these you know really instagram worthy photos um or food i should say for instagram worthy photos uh that it just recalls those earlier days so yeah that had to be uh I agree. That's a really good one. I will go for my last one. We've been dancing around this one a little bit, but I don't think any of us have directly called out. And that is finding a bench in World Showcase in any pavilion for that matter. And I could switch it up any any day. Um, I could be I could be switching it up. Um, but any any bench in World Showcase for me is the place I want to be. Um, and there's a few places, places that, that I, I love, love. Um, in particular if I go to like the France Pavilion finding a bench in the back near the patisserie is one of my favorite places to go um, in the Italy Pavilion finding a spot also kind of in the back and really now that I think about it most of the places in the back the Canada Pavilion up sort of at the top not quite at uh, Canada far and wide but just at the top of the pavilion um, the Mexico pavilion tends to be a little crowded. So that's not one of my go-to spots, to be honest, um, for finding a quiet bench, but there's so many places to sit back and relax. And I think going back to our, the very beginning of our conversation as sort of lovers of Epcot to take a moment and enjoy the simplicity of the pavilion itself, um, at a very, very high level, um, they're detailed and they have so much to offer, but, at a very high level to enjoy the simplicity of just being in the pavilion is one of the things I love. So finding quiet bench in world showcase for me is one of the things I, I love and appreciate so much. So that's it for me. Um, is there anything we'll, we'll do quick honorable mentions. Is there anything, um, and any of you can, either of you can, uh, can throw these out anything that we didn't mention that was on your list that you want to make sure to address. 
I'm glad you mentioned just World Showcase because literally like World Showcase, those two words. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's all you get. You get all of it. All of it. That seemed a little vague, but so I skipped it. I'm glad, that, I'm glad somebody gave it a We're shout We're on the out. same wavelength. <laughs> so, okay, it's a pleasure. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I mean, I'll just, I'll just throw out very quickly, um, you know, just connecting with cast members in general have been like so many of the more special moments. And I love like that their name tags say where they're from, because that so often will spark a conversation. Um, or, you know, if I or one of my kids has a pin on that says it's a day for some reason, um, you know, having the cast like take the time to see that that and engage um, just those those quiet moments, kind of taking the time to connect with the cast members, both as cast and as people, um, you know, and you can figure like if their pin says that they're from somewhere else, they're probably on a similar journey that you are if you've relocated it to here or if you're look, hoping one day to relocate here because they've made that journey as well for their own reasons. Um, so that deserves a shout out. Um, and then the only other thing that I'll just give a quick shout out to are the little moments like that set the stage for your trip. Um, for me, because we would drive down so often when we were visiting and even now, like as a local, like that, the arch, the welcome to Disney arch as you're driving under that arch. Um, and now that technology is kind of catching up the texts that you will get as your trip starts, like the text that says your room is ready, like will never not make me. <laughs> so sorry. I never or better yet, the text that says to come to the front desk to discuss your room because that usually means really good news is coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I'll just I'll just throw those two quick that quickly. Like cast obviously deserves all the shout outs in the world, um, but from a simple pleasures perspective, like just taking the time to kind of connect with them as people um, can be such a special memory when you come home from your trip. Um, you know, and and needless to say, like however you arrive at Disney, whether it's Magical Express or whatever that's going to be, or um, driving under the arch that welcomes you, or um, getting that just that text that says your room is ready. Um, there's not much that beats that. I agree, and Colin, I also do not delete those texts either. Um, might even sometimes I won't them. even get rid of the dining ones. <laughs> just as enjoyable. Those, those I, I might. I'll keep the emails, but uh, but maybe not the text for that one. Um, Colin, what do you have as sort of uh, anything you wanted to make sure was included on this list that we did not get in our main discussion? Well, one other one that was mentioned to me um, today, and it stays with our World Showcase trend, was the gardens of the Canada Pavilion. Um, not only is it a wonderful little space that a lot of people overlook, but there's, it's also a really neat um, perspective for fireworks as well as they kind of return to the parks um, going into the fall. If you're looking for a spot, you don't want it to be crowded. You go back into the gardens. You're not going to see all the show, but you're going to see a good portion of it. And you're going to see it from a unique perspective. Um, so I had to throw that one in there. But yeah, that that pretty much rounds it out for me. That's great. I didn't have many left on my list either. The only one that was not really brought up was um, actually this came up. Lisa, when we spoke last, and I'm surprised neither one of us mentioned it, but it's the fire pit at Animal Kingdom Lodge, um, or any, honestly, even the fireplace at Wilderness Lodge as well. Um, yeah, it's great too. Yeah, simplicity of of just fire in general, I think, is like a, a good fire pit or a fireplace is is great. And then bring that to Disney, and it's there's nothing nothing better than than sitting back at that uh, gorgeous fireplace in in Wilderness Lodge, or again at the the more subdued, but still just as beautiful fire pits at Animal Kingdom Lodge. Um, so I had to make sure that was on there as well. But as expected, this went longer than I originally even thought it might, but that's nothing, that's nothing wrong with that because I, 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 I know that we even probably cut this short, but um, I want to make sure that people know where to go to follow you. At least I think people already know, but just in case they don't, in case I haven't said it enough, um, where can people go to uh, to follow you and check out what you have going on? Yeah, thank you. Um, so you can, of course, find me over on my blog at thecastlerun.com where I cover Disney news and special events, but also just sort of broadly um, document our journey. Um, I walked away from Wall Street big law, um, you know, a handful of years ago, and we've uprooted our lives and, and rerouted them and here in Disney. Um, so that's a journey that I that I share openly there. And of course, as as you guys probably know, um, I also have a shop called Core Memory Candles um, at corememorycandles.com, or you can find the tab over at the Castle Run, um, where I sell all sorts of olfactory delights that will bring you to your favorite Disney locations. Um, and then I'm across social media at, at those handles, um, the Castle Run and the Castle Runner on Instagram. 
Anyone who listens to the show definitely knows about Core Memory Candles, um, but I will make sure that the links to all those places are in the show notes as well. And Colin, same for you. Where can people go to, to follow Engage With You online? Yeah, I'll keep it short and to the point. Um, for the most part, you can find me at guide4ww.com. It's the number four, not the word for. Um, that's the simplest way to find anything that pertains to me on Instagram, Facebook, anywhere you go, it's all the same thing. Um, so it keeps it pretty simple. Um, I do a live show every Monday night at 8 p.m. Um, over on Instagram. And Matthew was kind enough to join me a couple weeks ago where we that recording is still up. So if you want to check that out, we just talk about Disney stories. It's simple as that. Um, and other than that on my instagram it's mostly photography oriented content as you can imagine from what i talked about tonight um but nonetheless uh, if you want to follow me there that would be awesome um other than that it's mostly travel planning tips and just kind of exploring the little subtleties of the disney experience along with a little more heartfelt stuff along the way so uh, i'll keep it that simple appreciate simple being enough. able to uh, share it uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll share all those links as well. And I very much appreciated uh, you were kind enough to invite me to participate in the Instagram live, fun. which was so fun. much fun. Um, so we'll have to, of course, do that again. But Lisa and Colin, thank you both so much for coming onto the show, chatting with me for a couple hours about this topic. <laughs> and uh, we'll be looking at all those. Uh, hopefully we've expanded people's minds to where to go for simplicity. Um, simple pleasures at Disney. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for letting fun. us go on and on about our favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to stop me too, so you have to exactly. It comes with the territory, right? It, it comes with the territory. <laughs>Close out episode 113 of the Imagineer podcast and this two-part discussion of our favorite simple Disney moments. I want to give a very special thank you to Colin from Guide for WDW and Lisa from the Castle Run and Core Memory Candles. Of course, I encourage you to check out their social media profiles and websites and especially i know i've shared how much i love core memory candles in the past you can of course check that out and i have all the links to all those places in the description of this podcast episode now that we've completed this two-part episode i do want to turn the conversation over to you and hear what we left out what are some of those simple disney moments that you enjoy on your disney vacation you can send me your answers and feedback as always in so many different ways and the easiest way perhaps is on social media you can find imagineer podcast on facebook instagram tiktok and linkedin at Imagineer Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Imagineer News, and you can join our Facebook group, which is the Imagination, also called the Imagineer Podcast Disney Fan Community, to chat about this subject and about all things Disney with me and with other members of this listener community. So you can send me your answers there. You can also reach out to me in an email at matt at imagineerpodcast.com. If you don't already subscribe to the show, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast app, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher, or any other podcast app, which will ensure that you are the first to know when new podcast episodes become available and that they get, oftentimes, depending on your settings, downloaded straight to your phone as soon as those episodes become available. If you don't already, or if you haven't yet, I should say, left us a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts. It's another great way to help to support the show. It continues to increase our relevance in Apple Podcasts, helps more people to discover the show, and lets anyone know who discovers the podcast what they can expect when they hit play on any of the episodes of this podcast community. And I'm so grateful to those of you who have continued to review the show and have helped us to maintain a five-star rating in Apple Podcasts. That is a significant number, and I am so appreciative of those of you who have left such positive feedback and it has absolutely encouraged me to continue to propel this forward or this podcast forward and continue to make it an even better place for all of you. I sincerely hope you've been enjoying the content and the new podcast episodes that we've been bringing to market. If you want to take your love of Imagineer podcast to the next level, definitely check out our Patreon group, which is over at patreon.com slash Imagineer podcast. I want to sincerely thank all of our Patreon members who continue to support
support the show. Your support really does go a very long way in helping to literally keep the lights on for this podcast to help to, uh, you know, pay for the, our podcast hosting fees, our website fees. There's a lot of expenses that go with hosting this show. So I am so grateful to those of you who have been a part of our Patreon group and continue to truly help keep the lights on for Imagineer Podcast. You can learn more about all the perks and benefits and rewards that are available to you. And I encourage you to join this amazing community by, again, going to patreon.com slash Imagineer Podcast. I also have the link in the show notes of this episode and at ImagineerPodcast.com to learn more about how you can unlock perks like early access to every podcast episode, bonus podcast episodes, access to my podcast production notes, access to a private Facebook group, as well as my close friends list on Instagram, weekly Disney Plus watch parties, monthly video calls, and so much more. It all depends on what level of membership you would like to join and what is currently available because these terms and conditions are subject to change depending on when you're listening to this podcast episode. So you can learn all about it and what Patreon has to offer and what it does for the show by going to, again, patreon.com slash podcast. And the easiest thing you could do for the show is very simple. I forgot to mention just to share out this episode or any episode of the show or your favorite social media posts, or even if you just talk with your friends and family about Imagineer Podcast, that also goes a really long way to helping Imagineer Podcast. I also want to uh, give a shout out to our partners. First, take a look at The Kingdom Insider over at thekingdominsider.com and The Kingdom Insider on your favorite social media channel to get the latest news and updates about all things Disney, which I love how they really approach it from a sincere level of accuracy, and they will confirm things with Disney before posting them, which is also a wonderful thing that they do. Um, and if they do share anything else that might be a rumor, they're pretty clear about mentioning that this is a rumor or perhaps something that is being talked about, which is something I truly appreciate and they can also help to share how to make the most of your next Disney vacation. You can learn again about them and check them out at thekingdominsider.com and the Kingdom Insider on your favorite social media channel. And the next time you're ready to book a vacation to any Disney destination, you'll want to check out our travel partner, Mickey Vacations by Academy Travel. They are a diamond earmarked agency that is the highest level of distinction that Disney awards travel agencies, which is significant. And they can help to really alleviate a lot of the guesswork and helping you to plan out your next Disney vacation. They can even help to save you money because they are aware of all the eligible discounts that might apply to your Disney vacation. And the best part is they do this at no additional cost to you. You can request a free quote, no obligation by the way, by clicking on the links in the show notes below or by heading to imagineyourpodcast.com and you'll find the links to under the travel drop down to several destinations, several Disney destinations. You click on the destination that applies and fill out that form and they will get back to you as soon as possible with that free quote for your next Disney vacation. Last but not least, I hope that this episode and every episode encourages you to go after your hopes and your dreams and to appreciate the simple moments in life. I think this episode was a topic specifically about simple moments at Disney, but it's amazing that these simple moments also apply to everyday life. I think starting in 2020, I realized that I was rushing from one day to the next and it gave me a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety more than I even realized I had. On days I thought I was relaxed, I was actually secretly still stressed. And slowing down because of 2020 really helped me to appreciate those simple moments in life and to be present each and every day and thankful for the things in life that we do have and to appreciate the things that we have, even if it's just a few simple things. Just writing out a list in itself or meditating on it for 10 minutes in a day can really help you to be more present in the moment. And I have felt that also apply to every again every day in my life and into my Disney vacation. So I hope this episode helps you to find those simple pleasures in your next Disney vacation and in life, to be optimistic, to choose to do things that make the world a better place and make a happier world for you and for those around you. And I hope that this podcast continues to bring you that dose of joy and optimism as much as I can possibly can. I, I will continue to deliver that optimism and that joy to the best of my ability. And remember, as always, to go after your hopes and dreams. And a great reminder for that as we close out every podcast episode is with that amazing quote from Horizons. If you can dream it, you can do it. 
Thank you so much for listening to the show. And we'll see you again in a future episode of the Imagineer Podcast. Hello. The seatbelt check is around the corner. For your safety, remain seated with your seatbelt fastened and your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. And please supervise children. Thank you. La estación de control de cinturones de seguridad está a la vuelta de la esquina. Por su seguridad, mantenga sus manos, brazos, pies y piernas dentro del vehículo y cuide a los niños. 